Good morning. Now the old people are up here, so it works out good. Praise Jesus. Old people that are still able to walk and talk. It's awesome. Two drinks. In Matthew 16, 15, Jesus said, go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. And anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Jesus said, go into the world and preach the good news, the gospel. And the good news is that God's kingdom is coming. And his kingdom will bring peace and hope and healing and light to this world that is now hateful and hopeless and broken and dark. And even though none of us qualify for citizenship in that kingdom, King Jesus has made a way for us to be qualified through his death and through his resurrection. And that's the gospel. And that's, that's good news. Would you say that's good news? That's good news. And Jesus says that we need to get that good news out to everyone. And we call spreading that good news evangelism. And we call people who are really good at explaining it publicly evangelists. And evangelists are awesome. But for the last few weeks, we've been talking about an idea in this really great book called Surprise the World by Michael Frost that, um, in fact, if you, how many of you have not been here at all for the last three weeks? Couple, okay, that's okay. So just to get you caught up, because Mandy, I know you backslid last week, but you're back now, so it's cool. It's cool. So if you, if you, this is kind of new for you, so if you'll go back to the Connection Center and tell them Larry said you would give me a free book. If you'll go back there, they'll give you one of these books and you guys can get caught up so you don't gotta stay behind. Uh, but in this book, he talks about this idea that according to Colossians 4 and in 1 Peter 3, he points out that even those of us who are not called and gifted to be public evangelists can help spread the good news by doing two things. By living a questionable life and then by answering questions. And so the questionable life we're talking about is a life of missional behaviors that become missional habits. And these habits draw us closer and make us more like Jesus. And these habits cause people to eventually ask us questions and when they do, we answer their questions graciously and attractively and humbly and respectfully. So even people that aren't you know, these amazing, gifted, even people that aren't bold, even people that aren't eloquent can spread the good news about God's kingdom coming just by living a questionable life and answering the questions. And so for the last few weeks, we've been learning and kind of practicing these missional habits. We've been, like the, a couple of weeks ago, we said we were gonna bless three people during the week. At least one of them doesn't go to church here. How many of you did that? That's awesome, thank you for that. Uh, how many of you tried last week's challenge, which was to eat with three people, at least one of whom doesn't go to this church? Good, you guys are awesome, thank you for doing that. I'm gonna tell you, that one was hard for me. It, I, I really was convicted in this that I don't know very many people that don't go to this church. I don't know many people that don't at least claim to be Christians. And so I, 
I, I've, I found a, I thought I was gonna have to go like to a bar or something to find them, but as it <laughs> turns out, I found them on the golf course, so who knew, right? Uh, Anyway, um, so yeah, part of this, and you can get caught up if you haven't been doing it, it's not too late. You can be part of what Jesus told us. This is what he, this is what he told us to do, to go in the world and tell everybody this news, and you can be part of that, even if you're not a great public speaker, even if you don't have a stage, even if you don't have a microphone, just, just by these missional habits. And so part of this is just really being like willing to do something that, that feels a little weird, I'm gonna tell you, I asked somebody to lunch this week that I barely know, and it was like, hey, after this, I think I'm gonna go get something to eat. Do you wanna, do you wanna go with me? And I thought he would either say like yes or no, or you know, go to hell or something, I don't know. I, but anyway, I said, do you, do, you wanna, do you wanna go eat with me? And he goes, what? <laughs> oh, that's like the worst possible answer. Uh, so I was all nervous, it was terrible. Uh, anyway. It, part of this is just like just, just being willing to do something that feels weird, and hopefully that something also looks a little weird, and then just being ready, like, like Peter said, to give a reason for why you have your hope in Jesus. So it's, it's a great concept, um, but I think a lot of us still feel a little uneasy about it. I think a lot of us still have questions about doing this thing, like who, how do you choose? Like who do I bless? And, and how do I bless them? Who do, who do I eat with? And like what do we eat? Where do we go? What do we, if they're not, here's a good question. If they're not Christians, do we bless the food before? Because maybe that's gonna make them think we're all holy or something, or maybe that's gonna make them like feel di- distant or something from us. And then the big question I think for all of us is if we're gonna pray before the meal, do we do it before the chips and salsa, after the chips and salsa, like questions, right? And then when they, when they do ask these questions, like it's a little nerve wracking, huh? To think like, well, like what specific answers am I gonna give? Am I gonna try to draw that bridge illustration? Am I gonna try that three circles thing? Am I just gonna tell them my Jesus story? Am I gonna try to explain Romans 10, nine to them? Um, it's, 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 it's not just easy for us, and it's, it's too important not to take it seriously. Because remember what Jesus said, anyone that believes will be saved. Anyone that believes is gonna be part of his kingdom forever. And anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So, you know, we need, we need to get this right. But be encouraged because this week's habit is gonna take us like to a whole nother level, right? It's gonna, this, a level, literally a level above what we can do on our own, a supernatural level. And given the importance of what we're trying to do, how many of you would say, if I'm gonna do this thing, I would like to have supernatural wisdom and power as I tell people about Jesus? I'm gonna try this on my own, right? How many would say, I would like to see some supernatural results if I'm gonna do this hard thing? Yeah, all of us, right? Well, this week is for you because this week's habit of highly missional people is to listen to the Holy Spirit. Just wanted to see, because some people, I say something like that, we're gonna listen to the Holy Spirit and some people are like, yeah. You know, get the notepad out. And then some people are like, hang on now. 
right? That sounds like I'm a little nervous about that. So uh, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this thing, let's, um, let's settle something that's important. Um, we're a Bible church, right? Right? It says Bible right on the sign, people. <laughs> Bible church. So is listening to the Holy Spirit biblical? Okay, I'm not talking about does it make you comfortable or uncomfortable. That's not really the issue at hand. We're saying, is it biblical? Do we even believe in that? Or is this whole Holy Spirit thing just kind of like made up, hyper-emotional, mystical weirdness? I mean, I think there's some people, I think that would say, you know what, I'm a Bible person, right? I'm not one of these mystical, feely, spirity people. I'm gonna need to see something in the Bible about it. And so I'm gonna tell you about a really great website. Um, it's called openbible.info. And if you go to openbible.info slash topics, it's like a concordance. If you have like an old Bible you remember, you can actually write in the words. So like, take a look at this. We're gonna type in Holy Spirit and we'll just see what the Bible has to say about it. And if you look at this, you'll see there's like 113 references in the Bible to the Holy Spirit. So I didn't just make it up. And, and a, lot of these, a lot of these verses in there are about the Holy Spirit actually living in us. Like 1 Corinthians 3.16, which says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? And that, listen, the Spirit of God lives in you. God's Spirit doesn't just live in a tabernacle anymore. He doesn't just live in the temple anymore. He lives in us. Do we believe that? Yes. I mean, that, that's what it says, right? This is not about how you feel. It has nothing to do with feelings. That's what it says. In fact, Romans 8 9 says, those who don't have the Spirit of Christ living in them don't belong to him at all. So I'm like, I've heard some people say, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I I'm, I'm a Jesus follower. I belong to Jesus, but I don't do the whole spirit thing. I don't have that. I don't have that thing. Well, I'm going to tell you that that's not what the Bible says. So that might be your feeling, but that's not what the Bible. The Bible says those that don't have the spirit of Christ living in them don't belong to him at all. So if you do belong to Jesus, then you do have his spirit living in you. And his spirit in you has lots of functions. Here's a couple of them. Um, John 14, 26 says the Holy Spirit is our helper. Acts 1, 8 says the Holy Spirit empowers us. John 16, 8 says the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. 2 Corinthians 2, 11 says the Holy Spirit helps us understand the mind of God. John 16, 13 says the Holy Spirit guides us into truth. Galatians 5 says the Holy Spirit produces in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 1 Corinthians 12 says the Holy Spirit gives us supernatural gifts so we can help each other. Romans 5, 5 is a cool verse. It says the Holy Spirit funnels God's love into us. But the one that we're really most interested in today is the idea that as he's inside of us, the Holy Spirit leads us. Um, in Romans 8, 14, it says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So yeah, if we wanna be as effective as possible, in sharing the good news, if we wanna be led to the right person to bless and we wanna be led to the right way to bless them and if we wanna be led to who to ask to eat and if we wanna be led to what to eat and if we wanna be led about whether to pray before the chips or after the chips, then it's definitely biblical. 
that the Holy Spirit is real, that he lives inside of us, and that if we listen, he will lead us. Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep, right, my sheep listen to my voice. So can we agree that listening to the Holy Spirit is biblical? I need 100% participation. Can we agree that listening to the Holy Spirit is biblical? It's not just my feeling or some weird thing. It's biblical, yes or no? Okay, go to the next thing then. If it's biblical, let me ask you this. Is it valuable? I mean, is, there, is, is it even helpful to listen to the Holy Spirit? Um, I'll ask you this. Imagine, just for a minute, that you had a million dollars to invest in your future. You've done it before, right? We've all pretended, what if I won the lottery? Here's how I would spend it. You know what me and Margaret figured out? Because we said, well, if I won, you know, if we won $5 million, I would give this much to the church, and I would give this to my kids, and I would give this, and we realized that if it's less than $5 million, we actually lose money on the deal. <laughs> We can't afford it. We can't afford to win less than $5 million. But let's just say you had a million dollars to invest in your future. Well, now you've got some decisions to make, right? You want to get this right. And so you would probably hire a financial advisor to help you make good decisions, right? That's financial advisors are great. Um, but to some extent, they're throwing darts at a board just like we are. Right? They, don't, they don't know everything, they don't see the future, but imagine if somebody gave you a million dollars and you had a financial advisor who did know everything and who could see the future. Would you wanna hear from them or would you just make the decisions yourself and roll the dice with your million dollars? You'd wanna hear from them, right? You would wanna hear from them and so, Kind of the same, right? If you're gonna share the gospel with people so that they can be saved for eternity, right? So that they can be in the kingdom of God with Jesus forever instead of being eternally separated from God, that's a huge responsibility, right? And we, we wanna get this right. So imagine now having an advisor who knows everything and who even knows the future. If that person were willing to teach you and lead you and direct you, would you wanna listen to them or would you just roll the dice with these people's eternity? Yeah, you'd wanna listen because, I mean, God, God already knows, we don't know, but God already knows the plan of redemption for every single person. And he knows which blessings or which meals will likely cause them to ask questions and he knows the most effective way to present the good news to them, and he knows what they're gonna say and how they'll react, and he knows exactly what you should say. People keep telling me, man, I feel like I don't know what to say. I feel like I don't know what to say. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. So when Jesus was sending his disciples out, he was sending them out into a, a big bad world that was not very friendly to Christians, and so they're gonna get arrested. That's, you're gonna get arrested. That's just gonna happen. And look what he says to them. This is in Mark 13, 11. When you get arrested and stand trial, they're on trial for their lives here, right? When you get arrested and stand trial, don't worry. In advance, don't worry about what you're gonna say. Just say what God tells you at that time. Because it's not even gonna be you speaking. It'll be the Holy Spirit. And tell you in real time what to say. Have you ever experienced anything like that? A couple have, right? I have. I've, have you ever been like talking to somebody about Jesus and you say something and it's like, 
wow, <laughs> where did that come from? You know, I was, I was sharing Jesus with somebody one day and I just presented it so clearly, I actually got saved myself. <laughs> it was awesome. And it's like, wow, what, who said that? You know, where did that, where did that come from? And so I think, of course, it's valuable to listen to the Holy Spirit if we want to effectively share the good news with people. Plus, listen, this is, we send these missional habits have two values, right? One of the values is that it's gonna cause people to ask questions. The other value is that it's gonna draw us closer to Jesus and make us more like him. And he knows which blessing and which meal and which conversation will draw you closer to Jesus and make you more like him. So if we wanna spread the news effectively, then listening to the Holy Spirit is definitely biblical. Can we agree that it's obviously valuable? Yes, yes or no? Yes. yes, okay, so here's the last question. I think it's a good one. Is it practical? You know, like in, in real life, right? not just on Sunday talking about it, is, is it a real thing? Like what would, it, what would it look like in your life, in real life, to, to really listen to the Holy Spirit? Um, this guy in the book makes a really good like analogy of this. Have you ever been in a coffee shop and it's super busy and there's lots of people and lots of conversations and clanking of dishes and that kind of stuff, the doors opening and closing, the air conditioner's coming on and going off and there's a song on the radio that you're trying to listen to and it's like, I'm, I, I, I sort of, I hear it's happening, I know it's happening but like I'm having trouble dividing out all of these other sounds and focusing on it and you have to like strain to hear that song that you're trying to hear. And it's kind of like this. If we want to hear from the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of noise in our lives, right? There's a lot of voices in our lives and there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of clanging dishes and doors opening and closing and things happening around us. If we want to hear from him, we might, we might, have, to, we might have to make an effort to just to, to quiet some of the noise and to like hone in, you know, like just to sort of focus on hearing his voice. So in the book, he gives some really great practical tips. We've got four practical tips about how to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I want you to really consider this. This is, this is a eternally important thing we're talking about. And we're talking about people that said, those that accept this and believe it, will spend forever in God's kingdom. And those that refuse to believe it will spend eternity separated from him. This is a really, really big deal. I think we all agree it's a big deal. We all agree that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And it's biblical, right? It's valuable, we agree on that, but it, it doesn't matter if all we do is think about it. It doesn't matter if all we do is talk about it. We, 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 need, to, we need to put some skin on this thing, man. We need, we, this is a big calling on us. This is the great commission. This is the great commission that Jesus gave us. And so let's, let's think about what this would really look like in our lives practically. Can you actually hear from the Holy Spirit? Here's how you do it. Number one, he says, set aside a designated time. If you wanna hear from the Holy Spirit, set it, don't try to do this thing on the run, right? Don't try to do this thing, uh, you know, if you get a chance. Set aside a specific time. And our challenge for this week, our, 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 our habit that we're gonna to try to establish this week is to take at least one block of time this week. And it'd be awesome if you'd have a block of time every day, but just one time this week, set aside a block of time. It can be 10 minutes, it can be 30 minutes, um, but don't, don't just hope it will happen. 
Don't just hope it will. Well, maybe God will interrupt my life, you know. Maybe God will chain me down and, and talk to me or something. Block it out on your calendar. Block it out on your calendar and let people know, I'm, I'm not available during this time. I'm not talking to you right now. <laughs> you know, I'm talking to somebody else right now. Because we, we all pray on the run, right? We all pray in a bind. We all pray in a hurry. We all pray in the car and in the shower or whatever. And that's great. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, never stop praying. So there's not a bad time to pray, but we want to be intentional about hearing from the Holy Spirit. And I don't know, maybe you're different than me, but for me, I intend to do a lot of things that I never get around to doing. I know none of you do that, but I see a lot of wives looking at a lot of husbands right now, right? I, I intend to do lots of stuff that I never get around to doing it, but when I make a specific appointment, Right? When it's on my calendar, when it's in my phone, okay, it's gonna happen now, right? I, sometimes I think that I'm gonna you know, do some yard work or something like that, and I just, I don't know, it just doesn't happen. But very seldom I make a doctor's appointment and just blow it off. It's like once it's an, it's like it's an appointment. It's, I'm a calendar person, I'm a calendar person, right? Before my current phone, I had a Blackberry, okay? Before I had a Blackberry, I had a Palm Pilot. Before I had a Palm Pilot, I had a daytimer. And some of you old people don't know this, but like a daytimer was a book, and, and, you, and you open it, it was like the chiseled in these tablets inside there. You would put like what you were gonna try to do that day, and you would check your stuff off as you did it and all. Do you remember daytimers? So in my house, we called it my book, right? And so my kids knew me. My kids would say like, hey, can we get ice cream? And I'd say, sure, we'll get ice cream tonight. And they'd say, can you put it in the book? Because they knew, you know, if I, if, I don't, if I don't set aside a designated time to do this, then other stuff tends to creep into the time that I was going to spend eating ice cream. And if, we, if I don't have a designated time to listen to the Holy Spirit, other stuff might creep into that time and take over that time. And, and so I think it's just important, we make an appointment, right? Make an appointment, set aside a designated time. I even like to go to the same place. I even, and it's not that God's there, you know, more than he's somewhere else or something. It's just kind of, um, it's like a shortcut for me to get ready. It's, it's like a shortcut for me to start expecting to hear from him. Does that make sense to you? Do you remember um, when you, in Psych 101, Pavlov and the dogs? Remember that? Pavlov, Pavlov, how do you say it? Pavlovian? Pavlovian? How do you say it? Psychologist right there, say it. Pavlovian. And so the trick was, um, he's going he's gonna to study uh, responses, right? And so he rings a bell, feeds the dogs. Rings a bell, feeds the dogs, rings a bell, feeds the dogs. And as he's feeding them, they start salivating, right? Slobbering a lot to help them digest their food or whatever. And he learned after a while he could ring the bell and they would start slobbering without the food, right? So this is a, this is a conditioned response that he had, he had figured out. And I've noticed that happens to me. Um, Sunday afternoons, I usually will sit on the couch and watch sports for a while, right? And I almost always eat when I sit on the couch. And I've found now that when I sit on the couch and turn on sports, I begin to salivate. I don't know, I, my stomach is growling, right? It's like this, this, this routine like sets an expectation. Does that make sense? Just like the dogs, right? This routine sets an expectation. And in the mornings, I pray on my back porch and I, I, 
When I sit in that same spot at that same time with my same journal, I'm just like those dogs, man. It's like I have this expectation, you know? It just, it it feels like it's it's time to hear something now, you know? It, It feels, so my spiritual ears like perk up or something. So in my personal experience, I think I'm more likely to hear from the Holy Spirit when I'm expecting to hear from the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I'm ready for it because I've designated this time and I've made this appointment and I, I think God like honors it. When we honor our appointment, he honors our appointment. So that's the first tip. If you wanna hear from the Holy Spirit, set a designated time. The second tip is to eliminate distractions. Um, Everybody loves this verse in uh, Psalm 46, 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. That is like, yeah, that sounds good, right? Be still, when was the last time you tried that, right? Be still, I'm gonna be still. How can I be still? I got too much to do, stuff is happening and all that. But if you go back and read that Psalm, it's really interesting because that's verse 10. But verses one through nine are talking about like, God is our refuge, he's our strength, he's so amazing, he's so powerful. Even if the world falls apart, doesn't even matter because he is so big and so amazing. He stops wars at will, right? He changes everything at will. He could crush a kingdom, it says, with his voice. He could melt the entire earth with a word. That's how amazing God is. Therefore, Psalm 46.10 says, I can be still and just know that he's God, I can stop for a minute, I can stop striving and hustling and worrying and just, and just be still. And I can, I can take a minute to just talk to him and listen to him because I can trust that he's in control of everything. So for a few minutes, I don't have to be. And I think as Christians, like the bigger our view of God, the easier that should be for us. And yet, um, for me, it's like one of the hardest things to do is just to be still and just be quiet and just, and just wait. Because between, it's like you, right? Work stuff, house stuff, family stuff, kids stuff, car stuff, but all of our stuff, we're just so busy. And I heard somebody say one time, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Um, because the more you're distracted by what's happening at work or the more you're distracted by what's happening on your kid's team or the more you're distracted by your car or your finances or your hobbies, the more you're distracted by stuff, the less you can focus on the Holy Spirit. So if we're gonna gonna hear from him, if we're gonna hear from the Holy Spirit, we have to try to, to be quiet in our minds and in our spirits and we have to eliminate distractions, and that means a lot, man, easy for me to say, I don't have a baby at my house, right? I get it, I know it's different for everybody, and what that looks like, my phone's ringing, I got all this stuff, I know everybody's is different, but if we wanna hear from him, we have to at least try to eliminate distractions. So I'm gonna say something now really radical, and I don't want you to like storm the stage and burn me at stake or something, but you might prayerfully consider during that one period of time a week, turning off your phone. <laughs> I just, I'm not saying you have to, because I know, 
No, it's like, turn off your lungs. I can't do it. I'm just, you might, I don't know, give it a whirl. You might, you might, I don't know, you might, might surprise you. And some people, oh, I can't do that. And I'll tell you why, Larry, um, it's because I use it for the Bible app. So, you know, I have to have it with me for my quiet time or whatever. That's, man, I get it. That's awesome. I love that app. But they got a new thing out now. They have actually taken scripture and written it on paper. <laughs> and they've bound it together in books. And you can actually, it's so weird, you can actually read the Bible without a phone or a tablet or a computer and it doesn't ding and it doesn't buzz and it doesn't notify you every time you get an email about how to get rock hard abs or whatever, it just leaves you alone. And so there's nothing to distract you. So that's just, I'm not saying you have to, but if you love Jesus, you will. That's all I have to say. So, so that's the second tip. If you wanna hear from the Holy Spirit, we're gonna set aside a designated time and then we're gonna try to eliminate distractions. And then here comes number three, let God in. Like, let him in. And I think sometimes, sometimes, I say for me, sometimes I don't hear from the Holy Spirit because I don't listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I, I talk, you know, I ask him for stuff. I even ask him to speak, but then I don't listen. You know, I think sometimes I'm just such in a hurry to get the answer that I don't, I don't pause long enough so that God can get a word in. And this is a time to just be still. If you want to hear, right, be still and, and listen and let God in. I have a little acronym that I try to remember when I'm in conversations with somebody, and I also use it in my prayer time, and it's um, the word WAIT, W-A-I-T. And it stands for, why am I talking? <laughs> right? It's, 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 it's not that easy for me to just be quiet. It's a weird thing to try to actively, intentionally listen for the voice of somebody that has never audibly spoken to me. But I'm learning to do this. Um, I'll tell you what I've been doing the last couple of weeks, which has been cool, is I put a timer on my watch, um, not my phone, because it's in the house, um, but on my watch, and like I set it for two minutes, and I'm just gonna be quiet for two minutes. And I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna focus on him for two minutes. And you know why I put the timer? Because if you don't put a timer, here's what I do. Okay, I'm gonna be quiet now. Ooh, that had to be two minutes, right? Okay, now seriously, it's gonna be, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait. Oh, I know that was two minutes. And you just keep doing this. But if you put a timer, then there's really no reason to check, all right? So that, that has been helpful to me. And now I'm doing three minutes. That's how holy I am. Uh, but this, this, this part of our prayer comes before we ask God for stuff. It comes um, before we even ask him to speak. We're just gonna, we're gonna try, it's, and I know it's hard for some of us, is we're gonna just try to just wait on God and just enjoy his presence and just let the Holy Spirit possess you. And I, it, being still is not easy, I get it. If you're, a, if you're like an outcome-oriented person, I think particularly because you're desperate to get to the point, 
right? It's like, okay, God, let's get to the, let's get to the leading. You know, let's get to the, let's get to the decision. Let's get to the knowledge. Let's get to the wisdom. Let's get to the courage. Let's get to the whatever. So if you struggle with that, brace yourselves for what I'm about to say. Some, some people use what's called a centering prayer just to help you, to kind of give you one thing to focus on instead of a thousand things to focus on. And some people find that like a repetitive prayer, when you read the Psalms, all those prayers, you know, they didn't just say those once. They repeated them over and over and over and over and over and over and over. I was <laughs> just watching her do that. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so they would like say a verse or a little prayer or a word over and over and over. And so some people will say like the word uh, Maranatha, right? This word means our Lord has come. And some people will say, I just got to focus right now. I don't want to think about those squirrels. I don't want to think about those bills. I don't want to think about my day. I don't want to think about my past. I just want I just got to get that. St- I got to focus right now. So I'm just going to say Maranatha, our Lord has come, our Lord has come. Some people will use Luke 18, 13. This is actually a prayer Jesus told us to pray or gave a great example of somebody praying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I can just say that a few times, God have mercy on me, a sinner. God have mercy on me, a sinner. Some people will just say the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, and I know, I just hold your, hold your comments. Um, some people are gonna say, well wait, this sounds like meditation. You know, we're not Buddhists, right? We're not, we're not Buddhists, but you know, in traditional Buddhist or Hindu meditation, it's about emptying your mind. That's what it is, right? That's what they say, it's about emptying your mind, it's about pushing thoughts away. And the goal is to have no thoughts. And that's not what this is at all. Christian centering prayers are to focus your mind on one thought, one specific thought. Our Lord has come. God have mercy on me, a sinner. Uh, or just on the person of Jesus. Or just on the goodness of the Father. And so meditation, listen, meditation is not an inherently bad thing. We have some negative connotations with that word. But it's, it's a biblical thing. Joshua 1.8, God said, meditate on the word day and night. That's what it says. In Psalm 1, it describes people that meditate on God as being like trees that are planted on a riverbank. They bear fruit every season. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all they do. That's people that meditate on God and his word day and night. David said in Psalm 119.15, I will meditate on God's precepts. In Psalm 63, 6, David said, God, I meditate on you all night. So meditation is not necessarily a bad thing. It's a biblical thing. And some people will say, I know, well, I can't do it. I can't stay focused. You know, I got so many things going on. I can't, I can't do that. I'm going to tell you something. You probably already do it. If you think meditating is sinful, then you're a sinner. Because you, if you, have you ever worried so what is worry, right? That is just really meditating on what I don't want to happen, right? I'm gonna really focus on this thing that I don't want to happen and I'm gonna rehearse it over and over and over in my mind until it makes me crazy. And quieting yourself with a centering prayer is just kinda like that. It's just meditating on God and his goodness and rehearsing that over and over 
until it makes you calm and it makes you quiet. Jesus said in John 15, just abide in me, right? Just, maybe your Bible says remain, just remain, just stay. Just stay in me, just, just be in me. And you'll do amazing things, like, like a, a branch is remaining and connected to a tree. Just remain in me. You're not, you're not striving, you're not trying, you're not, you're not, it's not, it's not doing stuff for Jesus, it's not asking for stuff from Jesus, it's abiding is just being in Jesus. I think, I don't know, prayer was never intended to be a 10 minute monologue of you rattling off, you know, giving God your list, telling him what you want, telling him what you need, and what you think. It's, it's supposed to be a dialogue. All right, it's supposed to be a conversation where God listens to you and you listen to God. And one of the most amazing interviews I ever saw was with Marie, uh, Mother Teresa. And they were asking her about prayer. And she was saying, oh, prayer is the most amazing thing. You know, I, I love prayer. It's so awesome. And so the interviewer is kind of a skeptic, right? And the interviewer says, so you talk to God. And she said, well, mostly I listen. And he goes, okay, so God talks to you. And she said, mostly he listens. As you intentionally quiet yourself and create space for God to speak, you can listen to the Holy Spirit. And if you think, if that just sounds like weird to you, let me, how many are Christians? Okay, so let me tell you something. The weird ship has sailed. Okay? It, 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 oh, that's weird. We believe in a God so powerful that he created the universe with a word. We, we believe in a God so holy that he can't be in the presence of anything sinful or ugly. We believe in a God that created human beings in his image to partner with him in running the world. And when we turned against him, he wanted to redeem us. So he became a human, right? Lived here with us and intentionally gave his life to somehow transform us into his likeness. So this idea, it's too late. It's, it's, we can't go back now, right? We're, we're in the weird business. It's, there's no, it, it, it's, it's weird. If you believe that, you're weird. It, that's, a, that's a very strange, so why, why, how can we say, oh, that, yeah, that all makes perfect sense. This God, right, the, became a human and died, and if I believe in that and his resurrection, then I can live forever. If you can believe in that, then, how can anything be weird, right? We're interacting with a supernatural being. And the good news is, it does happen. God does speak, and I mean, the bad news is, it's not typically an audible voice, right? We'd all love to have James Earl Jones, right? <laughs> Go to Nineveh, right? Or that would be awesome, but that's not, that's not what it is for most. How many of you would say, 
as an encouragement to others. Not the big voice, but you've, you've in just in a quiet way, you, you've, you've heard an idea or a thought or a prompting that you think was from God. See, see, weirdos, it's, <laughs> see, you've, it happens, it's a real thing, and when it does happen, here's our fourth tip, follow God's promptings. And maybe it's as simple as something like jumping out of the Bible for you, and you're reading something that's like, ah, has that always been in there? Because I never saw that before. Or maybe it's, maybe he'll bring a person to mind that, that you should bless this week, or that you should eat with this week, or that's a good reason to do it early in the week, right? That'd be a good reason to do it early in the week. He may give you ideas, how to bless somebody or what to eat with them, or maybe he'll, you'll feel like you're supposed to re-engage with somebody that you engaged with last week, or maybe it'll be somebody completely new. Maybe it'll be somebody that he tried to get you to bless or eat with last week and you didn't. Or he might put like words or ideas in your mind that it's gonna help you when they ask the questions that they're gonna ask. And I, I mean, I know it's, it's, it's a step, right? This is a, kind of a, a scary thing for some people. And some people would say, well, I'm not scared of it. It just, like, what if I make a mistake? You know, what if I, what if I thought I heard God, but it wasn't God? What, what if I think I hear a, a prompt from God, and I do it, and it's something stupid? Um, so you heard his four things. Let me give you um, four things I've learned about God and being led by the Spirit that I think will take a little pressure off. Okay, if you're thinking, well, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm supposed to do this thing, but oh, I don't know, man, what if I blow it? Well, it was a big deal, what if I make a mistake? Here's four things really quick. Number one, God knows your heart. God knows your heart. He's not gonna be mad at you if you try to follow his instructions, but you like accidentally bless the wrong person. Okay, there's no penalty for that. Number two, God loves obedience. Right, more than brilliance, right? More than execution. God loves obedience, and because, what is obedience? Obedience is saying, I trust him so much that I'm gonna do what he tells me to do. You don't have to always be right, just, just be obedient. Number three, Romans eight twenty eight says, God works all things for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. If you're doing this, you love him, or you wouldn't be doing it, and you're called according to his purpose, or you wouldn't be doing this hard thing. You can do the wrong thing, and say the wrong thing, and totally jack up the whole thing, and God can still save. Here's some good news for you. God is not limited by your mistakes. That takes a lot of pressure off, huh? You could say it completely wrong, you could do it completely wrong. Number four, we don't see the whole picture. I think sometimes it gets a little discouraging. You know, we tell people about Jesus or we try to do this stuff and like nothing happened. I don't, I don't. It could be like frustrating. Like am I on the right track? Should I even be doing this thing? First Corinthians 13 says someday we're gonna see things clearly. Someday we're gonna see things clearly but for right now our view of things is limited. So it's easy to get discouraged when you're trying and they're not asking the questions or they're at, you're giving these great answers and nothing's happening or whatever. I read an interesting article about this one time. This guy called it the spider web effect 
of evangelism. And he was telling his story. He grew up, his family wasn't Christian, right? And so when he's just a little boy, he goes to his neighbor's house and they had crosses in their house. And he thought, I wonder what that is. That's it. Then like a year later, he's in some other buddy's house and they've got crosses. And he noticed, wow, these people are nice. And those people were nice. That's it, right? A couple of years later, a friend invites him to Sunday school. They had donuts there. That was cool. That's it, right? In high school, he tries to date this girl. She won't go out with him because he's not a Christian. And he thought, well, that's interesting, right? Then he goes to college, and he accidentally gets invited to a Bible study that he thought was a party or something, right? And he goes in, and he's kind of listening to this stuff. That happened. Like, all these little touch points, right? All these little things were happening. And then one day, after being, like, broken down all these years by all these little, tiny, individual, independent things, somebody basically walks up to him and says, would you like to become a Christian today? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, I'm in. And so I think his theory is, it's like a spider has eight legs, right? Evangelism might have eight touch points. So, or I don't know, 100 touch points. I don't know. But just because you don't see results when you do what you think God is telling you to do, it doesn't mean that you heard wrong. It doesn't mean you messed up. Maybe you're just not the one that God has chosen to close the deal, Right? Maybe your job is just to bless them. Or just eat with them. Just answer their questions. You, you may not see any results until you get to heaven someday. And you're there around the campfire eating s'mores with Jesus or whatever and somebody comes up to you and says thank you for listening to the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being obedient. Because you gave me that taco that time. Right? You sent me that nice text that time. And I never even said thank you because I didn't know what it was. But now I see that you were touch point Number three. And I'm here. Eating s'mores with Jesus. Because you listened. Because you obeyed the Holy Spirit. And I didn't know what was happening. And I know you didn't know what was happening. But thanks for listening. Thanks for saying yes. God doesn't call us to be responsible. He calls us to be available, right? He doesn't call us to know the plan and see the ending and write the strategy. He calls us to listen to his spirit and act on what he says. He'll take it from there. He's responsible for the results. So, this week's missional habit challenge. And remember, we're not replacing the old ones, right? We're building, right? So number one, we're gonna bless three people. At least one of them is not a CBCB person. We're gonna eat with three people. At least one of them is not a CBCB person. And at least one time this week, we're gonna set aside a period of time 
where we eliminate distractions and where we just let God speak and we're gonna follow his promptings. And I would love to hear from you how it goes. Text me, email me, post it on social. I can't wait to hear what God's gonna do through you as we listen to his spirit. Let's pray. Jesus, first of all, thank you for the good news. And it's, it's an amazing, as we look at this world and the brokenness all around us and the pain and the suffering and the hate and just all the ugliness of this world, it is amazing for us to know that your kingdom is coming and that you're gonna replace all of that brokenness with healing and you're gonna pre- replace all that darkness with light and you're gonna replace all that hate with your love. So thank you for the promise and this amazing good news that your kingdom is coming and thank you for figuring out this way that somehow we could be citizens of your kingdom and thank you for including us in your plan to redeem the world. Thank you for including us and giving us this big responsibility to tell the whole world this good news. And so I just just pray God that you'll remind us if we're not the outspoken, big, bold, eloquent, amazing evangelist, we still have a part to play. We still can live these missional lives. We can live these questionable lives. And when those questions come, we can give loving, gracious, attractive, respectful answers. And God, this week we wanna practice something that it sounds weird to some of us. It sounds new to some of us. We wanna hear from your Holy Spirit. So I just pray, Lord, that you'll give us the courage to try and to kind of take you at your word that you'll, you'll, you'll encourage us to, to set aside a specific time and to remove all our distractions and just be quiet and listen for you. And then when we get this prompting, or even if it's just an idea, we're not even sure it's from you, God, just give us the courage to just step out. One of the things that you do inside of us, our Holy Spirit, is that you empower us to do hard things. So give us the strength, give us the courage to take these steps and remind us that the results are not really our responsibility, that our responsibility is to listen and to obey. And God, we thank you for the promise that someday we will see things clearly and someday we will see the results of all of these prayers. Lord, thank you for calling us and thank you for using us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a couple things real quick before I let you go. We have a new um, support group starting for people that are struggling through divorce or after divorce. It's called Divorce Care. And if that's something that might be helpful to you, uh, Lisa Luker has a table in the lobby. You could stop back by there and get some more information from her about how that works and what that's about. Um, We're also starting a Financial Peace University class. If you're interested in some biblical precepts about how to handle your money, I think their table is to the left when you walk out of here. And then tomorrow we begin Vacation Bible School. So, yeah, woo now. Let's see how you feel next week. Uh, It's awesome. Vacation Bible School is awesome, but we're going to have 300 wild monkeys in this room, and so it's going to be amazing. But um, just pray for the people that are doing it. And also, we could use your help tomorrow morning because we're going to take all the chairs out. We're going to completely redo this room. So we'll be here from about 8.30 in the morning till probably after lunch. If you could come by for an hour or whatever, that would be amazing, and you will be rewarded not only in heaven, yay verily, breakfast tacos tomorrow. So if you can be here tomorrow, that would be awesome, and that's it. God bless you guys. Have a great week.